everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and I'm joined by Dave Morris and we're going to do a joint episode tonight. How are you Dave? Hi Ken, I'm good, thank you. It's traditional that we do some playful banter, so let's do playful banter. <laughs> okay, enough of that. <laughs> that was it, was it? Oh, that right, was it, right. that was the playful banter. <laughs> it's just hot and I have all the windows open so if you're here... Yeah, yeah, it's pretty warm here. It's... Even for Edinburgh it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Good. Okay, we want to tackle the most boring of topics, but be honest we're in the middle of the winter drought or a summer drought or winter drought if you're in australia here in hpr there are no shows and i want to ask dave a load of questions about a pearl script that he has written for me and dave you've been so kind as to a write the script and b come on to talk to me about it mm -hmm. okay so parse 8601 first of all let's um find out what 8601 is it's a iso 8601 and it is a date format and if you go to xkcd forward slash 1179 link in the show notes you will find a humorous cartoon depicting that all dates should be 8601 and uh, basically what it is is year dash uh, two digit month four digit year dash two digit month dash two digit um, day of month the letter t hour hour two digit hour colon two digit minute colon two digit second more or less there are some abbreviations that you can do and there will also be a link in the show notes to a um to the specification for that and also for the um, Wikipedia page on that. So that's the first thing. Any comments on that, Dave? No? Uh, no, no, no. Um, the, only, the only comment I had was uh, I've already started on some show notes. So the definition of the two things that we're, the two, the two definitions of the spec we're talking about tonight um, are in that. Uh, Cool. Yeah, boss. That is the date format which everybody should be using. And ironically enough, as I look in your Perl script, Dave Morris, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pointing at you, <laughs> you are not using ISO eight six zero one date format. Uh, no, I wish to submit a patch. <laughs> I'm actually well, okay. I'll give you my excuses now. Then um, the. Uh, the way that I write Perl scripts, I use a Vim plugin, which is whose name I've forgotten just for the moment. It's called some Perl thingy, um, and it's uh, it has the capability of pointing at a field and going click or typing in a, a, a bunch of funny characters, and it will then update the date. So I keep the created date and the revision date uh, updated by that means, and it does a, a more human legible. But a less standard format in there. So maybe I should nag the uh, the creator of this thing and say, how about we have a different date form? Actually, come to think of it, there may well be a, a way of fiddling that underneath. 
um, configuration file. So not looked at that yet. Yes, but yes. The point date taken. Format, and this this highlights exactly the issue that I have with any other date format under the other than eight six zero one is mm-hmm. that we have zero four zero seven twenty thirteen is when it was mm-hmm. created on. Mm-hmm. Now, and it's an somebody from the states thing. looking at that yes. will go, okay, that's the seventh of seventh March, March, or, no April, no April, yes, yeah. Uh, so if you put it the other way around, for a start, everybody knows, oh, there's a four yes. digit year, yes. therefore it's ISO eight six zero one. Oh, I, I, I do understand the uh, when, whenever you're doing anything machine readable, then definitely 8601 is the way to go. Also, so there's maybe a l- little bit of debate when it comes to human readable. But No, um, no, no. If uh, Human readable, I dismiss that argument. If people, <laughs> if people start using that format, it's completely uh, within a week or two, you're, you're completely converted. It's, and it All makes right. sense. It's the year, month. Day. Okay. As mm-hmm. I read it, mm-hmm. I have the date on the bottom right-hand corner of my PC, and that's and that's the format there. Uh, it it gets very very easy to read it. Plus, it also means if you're saving files or something, you can sort them by by date without having to. Oh, absolutely. Yes. To rely yes, yes. on the metadata of the file. Yes. I have anyway. certainly done this for many years. Um, yep. Okay. But that is besides the point. There is uh, there is a there's such a thing uh, that is the the format for the date, but there's such a thing as a duration. And that is also covered by the same specification. And that duration follows slightly different uh, standard. It kind of works in the same way, but it is missing. Um, it starts, first of all, with the letter P. Uh, and I believe it originally started meaning period, but now it's just a, a, a start identifier. Followed by uh, zero or more years, zero or more months, zero or more weeks, zero more days, followed by the T for time designator if it's there, followed by zero more hours, zero more minutes, zero more seconds. Anything you want to say about that? The weeks thing I'm not sure about. Where did you get that from? That came from the the Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah. I saw it in the Wikipedia reference, but not in what I took to be the original specification of the thing. So whether the original has been embellished a bit, um, to include weeks, I don't know. Do you I know anything th- more about it? I think what what has happened here is that the ISO standard organization, being an international standard body, charge hardcore money for their specs. So therefore, these specs, in order to use them, you need to purchase them. And they're very, very, very expensive. Wow. And what they do, smart as they are, is they if you buy one, then they will reference four others in it, and then the one that you're actually <laughs> looking for might be four deep down, and we're not talking yeah. cheap. You know, there's six or seven hundred euros for a yeah. for one of these specs. And oh, what yeah. we were looking at was the W3C consortium's uh, version, mm-hmm. which is uh, publicly available. And I yeah. think, for all intents and purposes, that's the closest thing we need to base it on because uh, I think they also cover the XML specification as well. So everything yeah. goes back yeah. to that, and then they go back to the ISO eight six one. It didn't, spec. but that particular one didn't seem to include a weeks spec that I could see anyway. Personally, I don't like the idea of weeks anyway because um, it's, you know, it's. I don't like the idea of months either. To to be brutally honest with you. Well, well, a week is a more clear definition than a month. 
it would be yes. A week would be more more clear, I suppose. Yeah. There's 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 a lot of wobbliness in this this whole business of date specs. I mean duration specs, because you know this is a month long, but which month? And, yeah, exactly. Uh, this is a year long, but which year? You know, is yeah, it a exactly. leap year or not? And it's it's all rather messy. So what I anyway. what I've seen myself in a um, in an application for this, uh, which has been you know in my experience, people tend to use. Um, just multiples of days. So if they want to say a year, they'll say 365 days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yep, many hours, yep. so many minutes, so many seconds to to avoid that um, disambiguity. Is that a word? Ambiguity, I would imagine you, yeah, you mean. To avoid that but, ambiguity. Uh, yes, the this yes, would yes. turn it upside down. Anyway, yes. to avoid the ambiguity of that, they uh, explicitly do it. However, if you're writing specifications yourself at home and want to make sure that people are using this format, duration format, you should also highlight in your documentation that you are forbidding the use of month um, and possibly years either, possibly weeks yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, days is, I, I think I've put some comments in the script that I've written to, to that general effect. Uh, already, so uh, just for the future readers to to uh, ponder. Um, anybody, yes, if anybody's interested enough to read it. Good. Anyway, so you have a Perl script. Tell us about mm-hmm. Perl. What it is? Well, Perl's a, a wonderful language, um, which the origin of which I can't really remember, I'm afraid, but um, goes back quite a long way, and it it is a language which was brought together from the ideas that already existed in the Unix operating system. So um, the author looked at things like grep and uh, org and said and thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we had a language that incorporated them all? And and he created Perl, and there, there it was. So it, uh, it's it's a strange amalgam. Larry Wall, wasn't it? Larry Wall, yes, indeed. Who was a linguist, which is you know an, an interesting position to start from. Um, it, it's a, it has its... I guess you'd call them strong advantages, and others would call them, call them idiosyncrasies, which have come about as a yeah. consequence of, uh, of uh, the, uh, the the origins from a linguist. Um, but it does explain a lot, actually. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of helps you to remember it as you're learning, if you know that to start off. If you don't, it's uh, you're beating your head against the wall. Well, it's yes. Anyway, that's that's Pearl in a in a very small nutshell. Which is actually a book by. Um, <laughs> That's probably Randall. Randall Schwartz, Randall Schwartz has yes. got his finger in there somewhere. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, so it's uh, the fact that I would like to think that the fact that the the O'Reilly books use animal um, symbols on the front, animal logos on the front, and the pearl one tends to be a camel, and a camel is uh, traditionally an animal that was created by committee. Uh, gives you some indication of what you're in for when it comes to Perl. However, uh, Perl is a wonderful language and it's very, very powerful. Many people say, oh, I hate Perl because every Perl script I ever look at is a mess and I can't make head or tail of it. And But the same thing could apply to any language. Um, uh, no, I've, no, no. I've that's, seen but, but this many. Is... Okay, any. Not, not any, but many. I've seen some pretty dire C programs and some appalling um, Pascal programs and etc etc uh, Python perhaps there's uh, there are more Not constraints so much, no. they're required mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah but uh, you know it's my point really is that it's the it's the writer who you have to complain to rather than the language 
Yes, and this is actually why we're having this discussion. But before you go, before we go further, uh, I actually want to recommend a. If you're lobbed with some Perl scripts or have to do some Perl work yourself and want to get off the ground pretty quick, I found Sam's Teach Yourself Perl in 24 Hours, third edition, by Clinton Pierce to be quite a very easy read. Um, just covers the basics and goes doesn't go too deep or try to be too smarmy and smart mm-hmm. as certain mm-hmm. other books do. It's very down-to-earth and uh, nice examples, but that's a by-the-by. Good, good. But another hint perhaps is uh, if you are able to and you're allowed to, um, feeding the script through the uh, the, the Pearl Tidy um, utility is a damn good thing to do because it, it takes it and formats it in a, in a standardized style um, and makes it look a lot prettier and more readable. That's what I always do with mine. Okay, that, uh, I fear greatly what would happen in my scripts. What was that? We have, a, we have somebody. Somebody's just joined the channel. I'm just going to mute them if that's okay. Sorry, plumber user, uh, but you're making we're recording a show at the moment. Um, so yes, uh, but the it's, thing. Yeah, go on. You were going to say you you were going to deny my uh, recommendation of using Perl Tidy, perhaps. No, 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 not at all. I was just very worried about what would happen if I ran through some of my scripts. In you see, I laboured under the um, <laughs> under the illusion that my uh, my Perl foo was improving, but then uh, I asked Dave here for um, problem with some regular expressions to do this ISO eight six zero one duration thing, and then I realised how far from that goal I have drifted. Um, so. I want to walk through your um, uh, your script, and don't don't worry. I know everybody. This this is relatively short script. It won't be that painful. And hey, if it is that painful, the reason you're listening to this show is because you didn't sit down in front of a mic and record a show and send it in. Yeah, so don't complain to us. Thank you very much. Oh. Anyway, Dave, your script starts with hash exclamation mark slash user bin pearl. I think we get that. Bash scripts. The first line defines the bash script. Now, then, what you have is twenty-eight lines of comments, which are brilliant. Uh-huh. The file, what it's called, the usage, what it's called, the description options, some notes about it, author and copyright and stuff. So, tell me, do you start off with that first, or do you? Um, where does that come? Is that the last thing you do, or the first thing you do? First thing. First thing. Uh, because I use this. Uh, this um, Perl plugin, which is his name, I completely forgotten. I'm afraid. Um, oh, Perl support, it's called. I did talk about it on my episode about uh, Vim plugins. Um, it's it's a simple matter to simply open a open a, a window and say, bung the, uh, the the standard template in there and um, for a program, and uh, you get a script template like this, comment template like this. I mean. And, and other things, if you wish, because you could modify the template to your own desires. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Perfect. And you. Yeah, but you start off then beforehand, knowing what you're going to code, and not just sit down and try and hack something like I do. Well, okay. The real answer is at the point point before I actually sit down with an editor, I would probably try writing some stuff on the command line because Perl can be invoked from the command line. 
if you type at the command line Perl space minus E and then open quote, single quote preferably, um, the stuff you type between the single quotes is a little Perl script. So if you're playing around with experimenting with uh, regular expressions, which is one of the nastiest things to, to prepare, um, it's often a brilliant thing to do just to, to try out your ideas through that that means. Yeah, you with me? I get you. I completely um, understand. So, so for example, I, I, I did, when I was designing the uh, the regular expression here, I, I did that uh, using the Perl minus E uh, function and then simply put a, uh, an example of a, a duration time spec uh, into a variable and and threw it at the regular expression to see what happened. Um, okay. So so it was a fair bit of you know ten fifteen minutes of playing around like that before before I actually resorted to uh, to to editing something. Okay, so then everything else is just a wrapper around the regular expression that you've written. Effectively, yes, yeah, okay. yes. I, I just heed the, the the regular expression into the file and then started structuring some Perl around it and uh, and played with it from there. Okay, um, now we're as far as line. Uh, whoops, uh, line um, thirty, which is mm -hmm. use five zero one zero one. Does that mean you must use that version of uh, Perl five zero one zero? That that or it more? means that one or, or that higher. one or greater. Okay, yeah, that that one or higher, yeah. So then the use strict and use warnings, I think those are related to stopping you doing shortcuts and... Yes, you have to warnings. declare variables. Strict means declare all variables before you use them. Perl's very, very easy going about these things. I hate that personally. I'd much sooner declare everything, be ri rigorous about it. Um, and the warnings just, just uh, enables the, the warning level. Yeah, that, they... That, uh, yeah, that's... They, Sorry, um, that's part of the standard template that I uh, I just used to create create Perl scripts. That's what yes, I, I suspected say. that as uh, I've seen it appear <laughs> on more than one occasion. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't use a dumper as well, or is your uh, Perl foo way beyond the the user? Well, I wouldn't. I don't want to load modules into a script that I'm not going to use. If I was going to use it, yes, but I mean I could add it as part of the template and comment it out. But I don't really want the script to be loading stuff that it doesn't need. Uh, okay. If I plan, if I plan to use it for debugging, then yes, but uh, but not otherwise. Now we need to explain to people here. There's a whole go of additional modules that you can load into Perl to basically do um, everything you want. And there's a site out there called CPAN which uh, contains all these modules. So rather than reinventing the wheel, I think the general rule of thumb is you should. You should not reinvent the wheel. You should go out to CPAN and get your stuff, bring it in, and reuse that. Did I Definitely. pick that up right? You did indeed, yes. Yes, it's one of the, the great strengths of Perl. There is a huge archive of uh, of libraries, modules, that uh, you can include in a in a script. Yeah, and, and I would be extremely surprised if you couldn't find anything that you, know, that you need already done out there. Yes, so yes. that's where you declare them at the beginning of your script. So we're at line 34. So you're going to say my dollar duration. And the dollar duration, the dollar stands for scalar. Scalar is, variable, yes. Which is like yes. a... And he, Larry Wall, picked the dollar because it looked like an S. So you would know it was a scalar. Did you know that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he picked an at for an array because it has, it looks like an, at, an A sign for array. And he picked a percent for a hash because uh, it looks a bit like a H. 
I didn't know all of those. No, no, there that's good. Know. And go. that's usually as far as I get into Pearl books because <laughs> there's also another excellent cartoon, you know, like uh, that I've seen for uh, webcomic where it goes, um, here are two ducks. And one duck is is uh, uh, three ducks. And then, using the same logic, logarithmic 4n over xyz, you know, really complicated uh, uh. <laughs> algorithm. And uh, the note underneath is, this is this is how mo- most computer books are written. The uh, really simple first two paragraphs, and then the dumps dives really deeply in, which is why Sam's Teacher Self Pearl is actually quite good. But anyway, I digress. I should edit that part out, but I'm not going to. <laughs> it's true. What you said is true, though. Okay. So you deserve so. some other stuff. Um, my sign, which is a, mm-hmm. the plus or minus, um, mm-hmm. or which, yeah, I, I guess you're going to do that. But now, I want to go on to, you're declaring an array here of labels. Yep. And you're using this QW thing, which I have not used ever before, believe it or not. Seen it used, okay. but so years, months, days, hours, minutes, seconds. And correct me if I'm wrong, what the QW does is it puts quotes, comma, yep. quotes, comma, quotes, comma, quotes, mm-hmm. comma. Yep. Why have I not used that before? Am I completely thick? <laughs> it's it's a sh- it's a wonderful shortcut. Uh, it's definitely something to be to be used. I recommend you do so. And but you see, I think what happens with me is I start off coding without any just rambling. You know, pick a piece of code here, hack it there. Or I need another variable. I'll put it up. Quotes, comma quotes now. And then I need another one. I'll pick it and I'll just put it up. You know, it starts off as being one, and then it expands. So, yeah, then... oh, I, I, yeah, I know, I know. What you see with my coding is I'm incredibly finicky and uh, a bit of a control freak when it comes to this sort of stuff. So I have to keep going over it and tidying it up and making it prettier. So you've seen yes. seen the result of much prettification here. Oh, very good. Um, so um, it's I'm... worth it though, because when you come back and look at it later on, yes. it's clearer and cleaner, and then you can probably hack lumps out of it and stick it in another script easily, and there you are. You've got the result of your previous tidying already yep, into another. So. Yep. And actually, this is this is specifically really why I wanted to do this show. It's not about necessarily about Perl. It's about making Perl. Uh, you know, essentially, this is a a beautiful script. I spent quite a lot of the last few weeks looking at not beautiful scripts because I've written them myself. And then Dave sent this thing over to me, and I nearly was. Cry- I was. I was very impressed and very happy to get it because it answered my question. But I was actually nearly crying because <laughs> the how little time it took you to write it and how pretty and useful it was at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's, anyway. Uh... We'll move on. So what what you're doing is you're defining the labels and you're defining the fields, which is Mm -hmm. going to be interesting in a minute. And something new I see in this version is you're defining a hash of ISO duration. It's it's not for any great, nothing very important. It's merely me messing around and showing how it might be nice to stick all this into a hash with labels on it. And if you look a bit later on, there's an example yep. of how it's how it's done. So it was there. They're just uh, I was going to write some notes around this and say, here's how you do this if you ever need to do it. I prefer using hashes over over. Right. Well, we'll come to we'll come to this. I just need to remember to to talk about this. Okay. So then we go down line thirty, skipping over the comments, which are really useful. We've got thirty-five and thirty-six. Now you're going to do two regular expressions here. 
And we're specifically, even though the reason for this script is that I was having trouble with this, what I consider a fairly complex regular expression. I don't know if you'd agree or not. It's moderately so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kick him while he's down. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you'll if you, if you if you delve into regular expressions, you'll find some some that will just completely blow your head off. Yes, um, you will. So this is this once you get to it, it's actually not that hard to do. Um, anyway. Okay, so get, correct me if I'm wrong. The first one you're checking for an integer, which is slash d plus. So that is any digit with zero or more. One or more. There has to be one or more. One or that slash d means digit, and the plus that follows it means one or more. Okay, hold on to that thought now, because later on, I need to check for a digit um, with the years in front of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and you're looking for a fraction, which you define as any num square bracket zero dash nine square bracket, which means any number zero to nine. Why not use the slash d then there? Um. No particular reason, actually. No particular reason why not. I'm not. I think that um, I know what it was. I was actually that was that was me just um, being being a bit silly there because I was actually going to include the decimal point within the within the square brackets. So naught hyphen nine full stop would mean it's quite happy to accept the digits naught to nine and a full stop. And then I yep. thought, oh no, actually that's not very good because we need the, there to be only one uh, decimal point, whereas yes. that would have allowed any number of them. Um, okay. So so I changed it, but I, I didn't, yeah, that, that that should be tidy. That's Mr. A tidying pass. Dear, oh dear, and, dear. Know, one is only human, of course. So. <laughs> okay, so you've got <laughs> what we have now in mind, because I've corrected people with my <laughs> men's pearl foo. <laughs> um, is slash d plus so meaning one or more digits, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, parentheses, open parentheses, question mark, colon, forward, escape. Uh, so like backslash uh, period or full stop, mm-hmm. backslash d plus close parentheses question mark. Okay, yep. so yep. digits plus, and then in the the in between the two brackets is take that store that as a variable later. Yes, uh, in in between the parentheses. Use that parent- as a variable. No, no, no. Um, here's the issue here. When you put parentheses around an, a regular expression or a part of a regular expression, what that means is you want to capture um, the stuff that matches that bit of the regular expression. Yes. So something something when the expression is fired up will grab a piece of the, the text that's fed to it. Um, but there are times when you want to, to enclose things and then apply some function to them. And you don't want your brackets to be capturing, as they're called. Okay. This, this expression, open parenthesis, question mark, colon, followed by stuff and the close parenthesis, uh, means I want you to bracket these so that they're, they're a unit, but not uh, use the capturing process. Yeah? Am I making sense? Right. Yes. And the reason for that is because... In this particular expression, we want to say we're looking for a, a digit, one or more digits followed by a full stop followed by one or more digits, or just a straight digit. I mean, the the decimal here could either be something with a decimal point and some following digits or not. So we want to put a, put 
the the non-capturing parentheses around the, the the dot are the digits, and the question mark after it means that bit's optional. So it applies to that uh, whole bracketed expression. Right. So so the reason you put it in brackets in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. Assuming that is removing this capturing thing, which was what I was referring to, putting it into a variable. So it says then the whole thing is slash d plus, so meaning one digit plus, so that would be the before the fraction part, mm -hmm. and then they uh, then it just says these three characters open bracket question mark colon is just to say this is evaluate this as one unit. Yes, exactly. And then this escape dot means don't use the dot as a this or more characters. That's but use right. it as yes. a regular dot, followed that's, by that's a slash D, which is a digit, mm -hmm. where there has to be one. Close the that bracket, close the question, uh, close yes. the bracket, meaning that evaluation. So what you're saying in there is a dot with one or more digits would be required if I didn't have the final question mark at the end. Yes, yes. Okay. It, it, it allows that to be optional. Now, people driving along on their lawnmowers, perhaps, brain has just blown up because <laughs> because of this. We strongly advise that you follow along with this. In fact, we should put this in the uh, as the title of this show. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> see, now, what I've done in the show notes that I've started drafting, right? Yeah. Well, well two things, two things to say here. Number one is the script itself is available for, for download. It will it's up on Gitorius and the URL of it is in the in the show notes, right? So you can grab your own copy of it or you can sit and gaze at it while you're listening to the show if you want to follow this through. Um the other thing I've done is in the show notes I've actually started on a little tutorial about how to how to knit a uh, a regular expression. Or what I do to, to knit a regular expression anyway. Um, so I'm trying to sort of explain step by step um, how I arrived at the, the expression that, that's, uh, that's going to follow. How did I do it? Um, well, the simple way to, to approach this sort of stuff I always find is um, don't get too bogged down in the detail, right? We've got a thing here where you've got to have a P starting the expression. Then it's followed by uh, one or more digits and a Y. but Maybe not. You don't have to put that in. If all you want to do is express the thing in days, then you can put P number D, and that will that will express the number of days. So you can omit that bit entirely and just put the T portion and then number of hours or minutes or seconds. So all of these things are optional. And as you start to, to think of all the possible ways of expressing that, your, your brain explodes. Um, so yes, the way yes, it does, actually. <laughs> So the way I did it was simply to write a simple regular expression that says taking the an example of one of these duration things with all of the fields filled in, how would you write an expression to match it? So my expression just went P some numbers, Y, P some number, uh, followed by num some numbers, uh, M, etc. Yeah. It, it's it's hard to hard to express in words, which is why I've tried to write some notes about it. Um and then I went over that and thought, okay, well, from there I need to capture bits of it, because as it was, it wasn't being captured. So put some brackets around the bits that weren't captured. And then some of these bits are optional. So put some of these special non-capturing brackets around that lot and put a question mark at the end to make them optional. And, and so on and so forth. So gradually it was built up layer by layer. Are you with me? I am completely with you. So say we were to do this with something simpler like an email address. Hmm? 
you would first of all start with writing uh, joe at example.com mm-hmm. try and capture that and then well, you, you might you, approach well, that that's say, an well, easier one because it's, uh, it's yeah it's a string of letters followed by an at followed by a string of letters but hang on no it's more than letters so stick some numbers in there as well in the in the in the brackets that you're using to match it say um and then you think, oh, no, hang on, you can also have hyphens in there, so bung them in as well. Or oh, you can also have dots in there, put them in. Can you have a plus? Is that valid or not? Yes, it is valid by, by some people's definitions of mail addresses. Epicanus. So put that in and, and so on. But what was that? Epicanus uses that a lot. Yes, yes, it's, it's valid. It's valid, but a lot of mail servers don't, don't accept it. It used to be a standard. I used to use it a lot because it's a great way of... of, of um, putting variants on your addresses. So if you sign up to a mailing list, you put plus something or other on the end of your your normal address, and then you know it's come from the mailing list, and you can filter it easily on the basis of that. Um, but some mail service, Microsoft particularly, mail, mail system, uh, exchange, does not like it. I think you have to do stuff to switch it on. Um, okay, uh, that's a by-the-by, Anya. What, yeah, yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. saying is we take... The complicated thing we break it down start with something well, and then work up build your way up let, well let, let me express it a different way when i was uh when i was learning to 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 write programs and i was actually teaching i was running an evening class uh adult ed- in education evening class many years ago in pascal and there was a book that had come out at that time written by a couple of guys at um uh, Glasgow University Computer Science Department, and they were using the technique of stepwise refinement. So you start with your specification, possibly on a bit of paper, in a simple possible form. You know, program, read some data, do some stuff with it, write, write an answer. That's your program. Then you look at each piece of it and you say, well, what does that actually mean? And you then expand it into maybe now you can actually start writing some statements in your in your language. Um, and and then you take each each non-expanded piece of that and and refine that. So you're going through it step by step, refining it layer by layer. It's it's not a it's not a well-regarded methodology these days, but I think it should be personally because it's a method I use for. It's for also the method stuff. I use, but yeah, I end up yeah. with crap code, and you end up with beautiful code. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm missing a step somewhere along the line. Well, Maybe maybe I polish more. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that could be it. All right, um, let's continue on with the. So you've defined two variables, which are actually what the how to do a regular expression and an integer and on a fraction. One thing go- I should say. Hold on before you move on. Yep. The, these things are enclosed in QR brackets. QR means this is this is another thing like QW, but it means this is a regular expression. What it does is it causes the Perl interpreter to compile the regular expression at that point in time. So you can then go and uh, bandy this thing around and use it in other other contexts. Um, we could get into what's wow. a compiled what's a compiled regular expression and what's not. But uh, uh, I'm not even sure I could I could answer that very well uh, at the moment. But uh, uh, let's leave it as a marker that that's that's quite a powerful feature of, of Perl, and that's why I've used it there. Okay, cool. Uh, of course, that fact completely uh, went over my head. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. So now you have the real regular expression where you're bringing in all of these together, subparts of regular expressions, and you're wrap- wrapping this in a QR, which obviously is a compiled 
right expression. <laughs> well, again, you might wonder why the hell did I put it there? Because the regular expression is to be used in an if statement. Because we're going to check things against, you know, does it match this regular expression or not? Well, the reason is because if you put it in the if expression, it looks absolutely nightmarish, I, I think. I really like to generate these things as a compiled statement somewhere else where I can, you know, fiddle about with it and make it look pretty and then can use it later on in the, and possibly more than once um, elsewhere in the in the script. Yes, yeah. it does actually look, and actually that explains, ah, uh, that explains one of the questions because you have, uh, well, we'll, we'll get to it later on, um, how you're using it, how you were able to uh, avoid using it. Um, okay, cool. No, that explains that. Okay, now within this one you have open bracket, question mark, X, close bracket. What's that? Perl regular expressions have the capability of um, lots of extra gubbins, which is, which is, um, which is n not available in many other regular expression environments, um, uh, which you can put within the expression. So they're sort of pragmas and, uh, and extensions and so forth. Um, Simpler regular expressions, you can simply put, normally you put slashes around your, your regular expression. Um, so slash, some, some expression slash, follow, can be followed by a modifier. So there are a lot of modifiers. One of them is I, which means all of that regular expression don't care about the case of anything you match in it. Uh, the one that I'm using yeah, here yeah. is X, which means the regular expression can be formatted with spaces in it, comments in it, laid out with new lines in it, and look, generally made to look prettier. You you can either stick that at the end after the close um, curly bracket, or you can stick it at the front uh, in this format using the the, uh, the fancier version. I love this because this is this. I think this this regular expression. Would actually give somebody a heart attack if they if they looked at it. It is if now it was all if it was all on one line. Yes, it would it give would. you. It would definitely. You would have a hell of a job to work out where one sub expression began and then, and the next ended and so forth. So for those not following along, reading the script, there's eleven lines of this regular expression, which includes variables that we have already defined previously, which we have discussed uh, before, and. Each of those lines are kind of filled out in a nice column. So tabbed in, you have the regular expression, tab, the comment, and exactly what each part of the regular expression does. So it's really, really tidy, really, really easy to read. And I wish more people would do this. So that's line 54. Line 55 is uh, charret, open bracket, open square bracket, plus, minus, close square bracket, question mark, close bracket. Now, let me... Assume a string begins with the optional sign. So the uh, charret is a start of line, correct? Yep. And f I, I think that's the correct word for like the Chinese hat type symbol. And then uh, the yeah. square brackets are a plus and minus symbol followed by a question mark. And the question mark means it may be there or not. One or, one or zero. One or zero, yeah. Okay, of fine. the preceding expression. Yep. Gotcha. And you're enclosing that in a regular bracket and nothing special about those. Those are capturing brackets. Those are capturing. So that means now that percent one, it is percent one, isn't it? Uh, where do yes, these go? This is captured and what's, it must be a magic variable because I'm not assigning a variable name to it. Oh, this, Perl's very flexible. There's an aphorism that goes with, with Perl. Uh, 
is it TWMI? I can't remember what it is. There's more than one way to do it, whatever the initial letters are of that. Tim Widdy or something people pronounce it. Um, there's there's always multiple ways of achieving a thing in Perl. Um, this this um, this particular one is um, well when you are when you're capturing elements in a regular expression. Uh, yes, you're quite right. They go somewhere. Um, they can go into what you could effectively call magical variables that are sort of behind the scenes that you can you can access after you've applied the regular expression to to the string that you're working with. Um, but you can also make it return a a list um, a list of of items which you then assign to a list of variables or to an array. Um, a bit later on, the if yeah, statement is what you're uses do this later on, yeah. is is it uses the assigned to to list type of. Uh, and this approach. is kind of what confused me earlier on because I was using the percent one, percent two, percent three, which isn't really handy if you need to add in another line that you missed because then you need to change the numbers. Yes, yes, yes. It, you're better not to do that if you can help it. So assign it's, directly to variable names that you know are an array. Yes. Okay. Yes, that, that's that's by far the best way of doing it. I'm with you, not again. All right, so the next line is an easy one. It's got the letter P. Now, I don't know if that P should be... I've always seen it as an uppercase P, but I would need to read the spec to see whether it would be... A yes, I, I don't know. I assumed all these letters were, were uh, uppercase. And okay. if they weren't, you would, put it in, you would not put it in a bracket because you don't want to capture it. You just follow, by, follow it with an I? Or um, you can... How would I make can, that case insensitive? You can do that thing where you put brackets around it with a question mark and an I. Uh, I think not followed by anything. I can't remember now what, what follows what follows the modifier. Yeah, or you could just you could simply modify the whole string because you probably don't care about if you don't care about the case of that, you probably don't care about the case of anything else. So yeah. you'd probably you'd probably um, ignore case and the whole string, the whole regular expression. Yeah, true enough. Okay, cool, cool. But this is this is another example of meh. Let's let me check the spec. Do it step by step by step is what you're saying. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. And then we go on to uh, the next line, which one, two, three, four, five, five more, five lines are very similar. Uh, so don't get worried, folks. The open parentheses colon, uh, sorry, question mark colon. What did we say that was? Non-capturing. That was. This is an in enclosure, but a non-capturing. Non-capturing enclosure, non-capturing parentheses. Okay. Then we have, which follows on two parentheses uh, surrounding the int, which was the um, slash d plus from before, which we've compiled into a regular expression. Yep. Yep. Um, so what you're saying there, and then followed by the letter y, close parentheses, close question mark. So the non-capturing bit is the y, and the capturing bit is the int for years. Yes, yes. And the exact same yes. line is repeated for month, days, hours, and minutes. And in there we have... One thing you've missed, though, you, you assumed that the closing, the last uh, question mark was some somehow balancing the first one. Well, it, it isn't, I'm afraid. It's, uh, it's to make what, it optional. It makes the whole of that, that expression, from the first parenthesis to the last, optional. Because your your um, yes, uh, yes, duration yes. might omit the year spec completely. Absolutely, yes, yes, correct. So the in order, so a non-capturing um, parentheses 
is just terminated with a regular parentheses without anything. Yes. Yes. Okay. Perfect. We'll with it. Yeah. Now you're doing a fun, uh, funky one here for the time because you're encasing the whole time thing in a non-capturing parentheses as well. Yes, with an optional with an question optional mark after question mark after because it. I need to remember the whole, to put that in. Yes, the whole time the whole, could be optional. The whole time thing might not exist. And but then, if it if it does, then there must be a T to start it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I get that. And then the fraction is uh, the fraction regular expression is just before the seconds, and that is more to do with the specification than anything else. Okay, perfect. Now halfway through the scripts, folks. Hope we haven't put all those truck drivers to sleep. Wake up! Wake up! Okay, now we're at line 70 if you're following along. Riveting news here on HPR. And we're two minutes overdue for the community news to start, but Asher will plow on ahead. Nobody's online. Okay. Then we have duration equals shift, right? Now in Ireland, shift means something completely different. (laughs) I won't Uh, ask. I won't ask. It's it's anything from a peck on the cheek to a snog. All right. There you Um, go. There you go. That's the the best definition I heard from a good friend of mine. Um, So this is obviously taking it from where now? Uh, The argument string. Where where did the arguments... We haven't defined arguments. Does this magically appear out of nowhere? Well, when the script runs, uh, as with anything that you run from the command line in uh, Linux Unix system, you can follow your your invocation with uh, any number of arguments which are parsed by the, the shell and fed to the, the script or the program or whatever it is. So this is the Perl's mechanism for saying, get me the first one of these things. They're, they're, they're presented as an array to the um, to the script. And this is where there's more than one thing to do it, because you've got that dollar arg, a capital A RG, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yep. which yep. I have been using because I'm an idiot, apparently. Well, it's... It's, it's another way to do it. There's another way to there's many ways of doing things in, in Perl. This is this is the the simple but simple to look at but complex to explain method of doing it. But yes, it's shift when in this context the the top level of the script shift means get the arguments from the command line. And Perl is very, very much that that the context it's very much dependent on the context. Yes, because if yes. we were doing a loop through a an array, for instance, the shift then would refer to the array as opposed to arguments. Correct? It can do yes, uh, and it can also mean different things in a subroutine. Yes, it, which is why an, I think I picked the ARG dollar because then it was very clear to me where yes, it was coming from. Yes. Well, I, I wouldn't argue with you um, because to me that's a, that's a sort of shorthand. And it me it's very meaningful to me because I've done this so many times. But but when I was a, a an early Perl programmer, I was I wouldn't have done that probably. I just thought, nah, I'm going to be puzzled by what the hell that means when it comes to, to rereading it. Well, what, so, uh, what would concern me more is that um, if I put it in the wrong place, then I suddenly am shifting arguments from the from the mother program as opposed to the loop that I'm going through, or I'm, or the loop I then pick up to, and put it into a subroutine because I want to make it clearer, and then suddenly shift the context of shift it's, changes. Well, it, it's actually quite logical. Shift at the top level means shift from the, the argument array to the program. Shift in a subroutine means shift from the argument array given to the subroutine. Shift with an argument itself 
an array argument itself means shift off this array. So okay. It's, 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 it's pretty logical. Yes, yes, Dave. <laughs> to me, anyway. <laughs> okay, the, um, folks, so just the, as a reminder the, here that uh, you can send in your own uh, programs and talk about them for hours if you wish as well. Anyway, you were going to say... I was I was merely going to say that this while loop is is there so that you can feed the script a whole bunch of these uh, expressions and parse them all rather than fire it up multiple times with one at one at a time. I did not know this. That was why. Yes, that w- would have been handier. This is actually a very very clean and elegant way of getting parameters through. I must say. Yes, money penny. And How do you? Yes. yes. The other thing is um, there's a along with it. There's a file of example expressions, so all you I need to do too. is to uh, is to put a cat statement on the command line with with um, as a command, so that uh, that's the contents of that file are simply offered as the command line to the script when it runs. So it's a pretty common bash convention. Yes, and if you want more information on the cat command, you should uh, go back to. Um Dan Washko's Linux in the Shell series here in HPR. Where he yeah, it was good. That. That. I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah. that. Okay, print duration. Nothing special here. The variable duration, which uh, will print whatever the first parameter in this case, because we're running through it the first time. Then we skip over, and then we get to the to the good meat and potatoes. If open brackets space open bracket dollar sign comma appersand fields close bracket equals open bracket duration space equals tilde dollar or e for regular expression close bracket close brackets open squiggly bracket (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what that is open squiggly bracket for the if statement yeah now question number one here is the sign how do i know that they if the sign is is optional you said Mm -hmm. so will it not then okay well i want to explain to people i want to ask you this is my assumption of starting over on the right here you have duration equals tilde mm-hmm. regular expression and the yep. equals tilde is the format saying this is a regular expression so yep. uh, all that junk perform it on the variable duration which is the first argument because we've just yep. shifted it in correct yep. or not that's okay. right it's it's applying the regular expression to the contents of duration okay and those two parentheses following those mm-hmm. explodes that out to being uh one one uh, what's it? It'd be quote one quote comma. Say we had a year, one year, one month, one day, t, one hour, one minute, one second. It would be mm-hmm. uh, quoted one comma one comma one comma one comma one, and that would pipe back into the other side of the equal sign. Correct or not? Yes, yes, it, it essentially correct. Yeah, it's that expression, the regular expression application. There is operating in what Perl calls list context. The fact it's in a bracket means I'm a list. Give me an answer back as a list. So it'll come back as a list. Forget the commas because a list is a sort of entity of, of items in a in, in a row, if you like, an or array. in a stack or something. Would it be an array? An array, yes. Effectively yeah, an it's an array, yes. yes. Um, and the, the equals that precedes that so that effectively you've got two list expressions. You've got a bracketed thing with the regular expression stuff in it, and you've got a bracketed thing before that with, with variables in it. So it says, on the right-hand side, generate a list, and on the left-hand side, stuff the results of, of that list generation into these variables. 
Okay. So the, f the first item from the list goes into sign, and anything left goes into at fields, which is the array. So you're the, the you're filling um, a whole set of things together. And why okay. did I split for, them? For people who are ask? no, I uh, just want to make an explanation here for people who are following along. I don't know why you get this far if um, if you're not into programming. Don't know why you get this far if you are into programming. But anyway, hey, it's our show. We can do what we want. <laughs> Live on the edge. A, a array would be a bit like a chest of drawers, I imagine. So, you know, you put a value into one chest of drawers and then underneath there's another one and underneath there's another one and underneath there's another one. Just That's how I like to think of it. No, it's a perfectly fine concept, yes. Okay, or a stack, no. stack of pigeonholes, or however you like to say Stack of pigeonholes, not really unless it's a two-dimensional array, correct? Yes. Uh -huh. yes. Yeah, picked up something. Don't know what it was, Let's... but I picked it up. It's on the <laughs> underside of my shoe. <laughs> okay, Let's now, Dave, that. have I found a bug in your program? Because you mm. have... On the one hand, you're going to do all this funky stuff. So you're going to get all these values, multiple values, and then you're going to put them onto the other side. Mm -hmm. And the first one you're going to assume is sign. Yep. And I just said it as I said it out loud. I just realized that even if these things are optional, it still returns an empty it does. position. It returns, it returns Beautiful. The, the don't know value in Perl, which is called uh, undefined. So therefore... This chest of drawers is already defined, the size of it hmm. is already defined by, by the regular expression, because, by the number of capturing elements mm -hmm. Correct. in the regular expression. Yes. It almost sounds like I know what I'm doing. And you know, for a moment there I have, but the beauty of this is I've recorded it and I can prove to myself later on I did understand <laughs> at the time. All right. So sign you just want to put in there into a separate one itself rather than in, in fields. Yes, yes, because because it, it's easier. It it's, is. It's it's not a it's not a field of a date. It's a it's a separate entity. I thought. Okay, that and now you're mine. doing a really cool Perl thing, which I must say I did a little happy dance. Uh, I knew about it, but I did a happy dance uh, when it finally hit home, and it is sign. So the variable mm -hmm. sign is equal to the plus character unless mm -hmm. sign. Yep. Which is uh, which means if the sign isn't filled in or is empty or undefined, then you make yep. it plus by default. Yep, that's right. Which is beautiful. So it defaults uh, to plus. Yeah, and that this again, says. this this formatting of unless something do something or die unless blah is kind of the opposite of the if. It's another example of this Perl do it many different ways. Thing. And it's also it's also a linguist's view of the world. I always think because you know in in English you say if and you also say unless, so it makes sense that the, the programming language would, would do that as well. Yeah, but then I have the I've I struggle them with my Perl. You know, pick a pick a way of doing it and be consistent with consistency of of coding. Because sometimes mm. I will do you know for the same loop I will do it with an if statement, and other and sometimes I'll do it with an unless statement. Yeah, I, I, yeah. What I'm tending to do now myself is I use an unless if it's a very simple one-liner, and I use an if if it's if there's going to be multiple options. In it. Well, I would I I tend to use the the rule that if it makes sense, if it's meaningful, then then use the unless. You know, if you say unless some test, then do something. 
sometimes that's more meaningful than if not some test then do something it's it it depends it depends on on the context i think but the fact you've got both option options of doing uh, optional ways of achieving it is uh, is one of the things i like about Perl. yeah but okay so we're checking for, essentially what we're doing is is checking here if a variable is defined or not and so yes. quite often when I'm looking at data, I'm checking to see whether it's defined or not. If it's defined, I want to do something. If it's not defined, I also want to do something. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I, with that unless thing, I, you can't go into four different lines of things. It's it's one single line. You can, you can, you can. It's just you can use it instead of an if. It's just that your if test is, is reversed. You put it at the front. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So you can say unless brackets. Dollar uh, x equals one equals equals one, um, and that's the, the same. So if it's not yeah, but it's you not one. You, can you then therefore like if I want uh, I want to set x equals to one, I want to print out something, I want to run another variable or another subroutine, and I want to do something else, which you can do with an if statement because you enclose it in a curly bracket. Yes, same with unless. Oh, but I haven't I haven't seen people do that. Well, I suppose a lot of people don't like it. I I personally find that quite fun yes. uh, but it depends on the context it depends you would only use it i i think if if it was appropriate you know if if you've got a um if you've got a variable that you're using as a boolean flag where uh you know something like unless unless light is on uh then uh, put the light on or something and that, that if, if if it reads well in a sort of garbled english form then sometimes that's more meaningful, I believe. Okay, yeah, but the only thing that I fear is that you, as you're reading it, if it goes to multiple sentences, and then the unless uh -huh. is at the end, you're assuming that it's doing all these things when in actual fact, oh, yeah, sorry about that, uh, this is a negative statement. Oh, yeah, it's true, it's true, yes. Yeah. The, the traps of, of booleans and the, the nots and the, the ands and the ors and stuff are, are still there regardless. Yeah, uh, but they're you, at you the end. You have to tread, tread carefully. Yeah, you you would have a bracket of code, and you, it's only at the end you find out that it's 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 not an if statement; it's an unless statement. <laughs> because yes. on the other side, okay, fine, we've spent enough time. Now the Use next this caution, and this is the next line. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, you're doing you're saying fields equals a whole go of stuff which we'll talk about later than fields. The whole stuff stuff which we'll talk about later is the map command, which is between curly bra braces. And then in between that we have uh, two other brackets, which has got the words defined, open brackets, dollar underscore, close brackets, question mark, dollar underscore, colon, zero, close brackets. Yeah. So the whole full thing is the array fields is equal to the mapping of uh, of fields where in, you're doing a check on each of the fields to see if they're defined, and if not, you're putting them to zero, correct? Yes, it's it's forcing everything that's undefined to be zero so that you don't, cause, because you actually want to display these things, and displaying undefined values causes problems. Yeah, and it's very, very, it's a lot clearer, yes. But why not use... Um, just use the unless, um, or not the unless, but you know, uh, the implicit statement. You have it if, like we had before, if sign fields, um, if just the variable name, then that just checks to see if the variable exists or not. Why use defined? Um, 
just a convention, really. Because just, the coin just has been pers- deprecated. Did you know that? <laughs> I don't know whether it is. For because that, that would then read... Just, oh, by mm-hmm. the way, the dollar underscore is this magic I think, notepad that people are allowed to use, a kind of chalkboard, yes. temporary chalkboard, yes. where you can yes. throw a variable without... And, of course, this is all in context as well. Now, what does the map command do, pray? The map command applies um, an expression to each element of an array. So it's a type of loop. You, you could write this this same thing by simply going through a, a loop which looped through every element of the, the array. Said, is is it is it defined? Yes, then okay, carry on. Otherwise, replace it with zero. You'd write it that way. Okay. Maps just a more... A, a more a quicker and more convenient way of doing it. Yeah, which is why I've avoided it like the plague as well. It's nice once you get the hang of it. That's mm, maybe. And you're also using this other short form of if-then statement. So yes. you're doing something, yes. question mark. That's, that's a conditional expression, I think, is, is defined yeah. as. Okay, thanks. Conditional expression. So you've got this before the question mark, which is the if it's... If Tom is equal to X. Yes, that's the test. There's a the, test, the test yes. followed by a question mark. And then you've got the true branch and then the false branch. So the, separated so by a colon. The test you, if, is if it's defined. Yes. And then the question mark is if it's true, then it's dollar underscore. So it is what it is if it is. Return, yes. Yeah. So and the, otherwise, is put it to zero. The the result of each iteration through the, the map loop, implicit loop, returns values which are then strung together and put into the, the fields thing on the, the left-hand side of the assignment. Which is what I want to talk to you about in a minute. But this, mm-hmm. again, uh, the, whole purpose of, the whole purpose of this show is kind of to explain to me why you're picking this form of, uh, of code in this point. Because I always try to avoid this one. I prefer to go <laughs> if then this then equals yes and i tend yes. to do that on the on a if it's a short one i'll put it in on a single line but it makes for ugly code it's um it's a matter of taste really i think uh i've come my the first language i learned was algol 60 to give you some idea of how old i am probably um which you couldn't do anything other than build a loop with with a with a test inside it uh, and um, so, you know, that that was that was a fine convention. Um, you could easily bring that sort of logic to Perl and do it in a case like this. Uh, but one of the nice features and shortcuts of, of Perl is is this things like map and so forth. And so I've just developed the the personal convention of using them where wherever uh, it, it's appropriate. Now that I feel confident enough to do so. Um, I would use them. I think I wouldn't advise anybody to to force themselves to do this if they didn't feel happy with it, with it. No, no, I understand. But um, again, what I was trying to do in my own silly way was uh, be consistent in in the code and not mix it, not mix it up. But it, that results in very very ugly code. Whereas you've got mm-hmm. very pretty looking code, but you're mixing these conventions, doing exactly what I was trying to avoid doing. But when you do it, it makes for tidy code. It's also using the power of Perl. I mean, so long as you, as long as you understand what it's doing, then you know that this this is one of the powerful features. There'll be similar things in other languages too. I know Python's quite good at uh, at doing this type of of thing, where you take a, a list and and zap through it, doing a particular thing to to stuff um, within it. So you know, it's it's um it's 
it's a feature, and it's a okay. desirable feature. Now, <laughs> this is... Uh, I want to go back to, to a question that uh, has been on my mind for some time. If we go back to our chest of drawers, so you have mm -hmm. one drawer stacked on top of the other, what essentially you're doing here is you're going to take the value of the years that I give in the argument, so one, 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 and you're going to put the, the first one uh, in the top drawer, which will be called zero. Yes. The second one into the second drawer, which we call one, and the whole will write down. And that array is called fields. So we, we on the uh -huh. chest of drawers, we're writing in chalk fields, at sign fields, and then shelf zero, shelf one, shelf two, three, the whole way down the line. Now you're rolling in another chest of drawers, and you're calling that fields. Uh, no. It's it's the same one. Sorry. It's the same one. one. one it's, is... it's, it's doing a juggling juggling act here. It's, uh, it's grabbing things out of the array and doing stuff to them and poking them back into the same array. Uh, hold on. Am I... I thought you had... Oh, labels. You have labels. Sorry. Labels. Mm -hmm. Labels. Mm -hmm. Labels up at the top. So you have an array... Uh, so the fields one, sorry, is... Uh, I'm not talking about the fields one. I'm talking... What you were doing there to use our drawer analogy was you were using the map command to go through each of the drawers check to see if there's something in there if there isn't put in a zero and if yes. there is just go to the next one so yes. essentially that's what you do all right but now with this labels thing that you're doing you're pulling in another chest of drawers and you're calling that at sign labels and then huh? in the first drawer which is drawer zero you're putting in the word years the second drawer which is drawer one you're putting in months and so forth, days, hours, minutes, seconds. And then you're using by virtue of the fact that you're going to display these, print them off in a loop, and you're going to go from zero to the end of the drawers. So you're going to open the, pull out both drawers at the same time. You're going to look in the first one and go one, pull out the second drawer and go year. You're going to close those two, go to the next two, pull them out, one. Okay, so that's kind of what's happening, yeah? You're talking here about the... the using the two arrays and the, using using the fact that they're the same size. Yes. And yes. then doing a loop from one to the maximum and then using the second array as labels. Okay, why yes. not use a yes. hash? Well, <laughs> you're talking about this thing called ISO duration. I don't think you said that, did you? Uh, well, no, I'm more referring to the other program, the previous version of this, which didn't have the... Uh, uh, the ISO duration thing. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, you, you're talking about the the for loop. Um, yeah, the for we're, we're for, going down to the for loop at line ninety seven, okay. and we're skipping okay. conveniently over the hash way of doing it, which, to be honest, <laughs> I'm more comfortable <laughs> with because the idea of, yes, of maintaining yes. two arrays in order. Because if you if you're doing some sorting on the first one, mm -hmm. your second one goes completely haywire. So now, if you had four years before, it's now three months. It's four months. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, let me. S <laughs> you, you're. Um, Just let me still. try and try and let me try and pull pull that all together. Um, in the in the the latest version of the script, I'm using a hash merely as an example of how you could use a hash as a way of storing together both the labels, things like years, months, etc., along with the value. Um, so you end up with a with a structure that contains labels and values. So that's quite a convenient way of doing things. However, yes. problem, the problem with using that is that when you come to display its contents, you probably want to display them in the order of years, months, days, hours, minutes, seconds. Um, the way that hashes are put together, the labels are not in any, any particular order. They're in completely arbitrary order. 
So if you if you simply cycle through the labels, you have no easy way of ensuring that it will come out in the right order. Absolutely. So it could come out as, uh, in our case, one week, one year, one month, mm-hmm. whatever. But that doesn't mm-hmm. change the structure of the it data, doesn't... mind you. No, the, but the, the um, relationship of the label go... to the value. Sorry, go on. Yeah, don't, uh, before we uh, go any further, using our analogy of what a hash is before, if we take a chest of drawers and we put some, um, uh, and we get a, a, a marker and we write, mm-hmm. Another chest of drawers, not the other two that we have on one side of the corner. On the other side of the room, we've got a chest of drawers uh, that's got all the shelves in it. And we call that, what are we calling it? Uh, ISO duration, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then on the front of each of the drawers, we're writing, on the first one, we're writing years. And then on the mm-hmm. second one, we're writing the word months, days, mm-hmm. hours, minutes. Yep. So yep. using that, you can go to that hash which is what's what's called uh, in C called a structured something or other can't remember. Oh. Um, so you can refer to specifically that hash and that name value. So you can mm-hmm. go uh, that hash hours and go directly to that drawer without having to cycle through to that hash. It's zero. It's called a, it's actually called yes. A, it's called an associative array. That's, that's the, the word. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right. Okay, so I use these all the time because I find them far cleaner to work with mm-hmm, than, mm-hmm. Um, than, than... Whereas the thing arrays. you were saying before is that I've got two arrays, one of which has got labels and the other one's got fields in. And the only reason that they're useful is that they're, they're both positioned the same. It's like having two chests of drawers side by side with, with the labels in one and the, and the values in the other. But it's you, only the fact that they, they correspond one with the other that, that you've, got, you've got useful useful knowledge there. Yes. Yeah, am but I, if you I, wanted to, I... yeah, okay. But the funky thing about hashes is they're multi-dimensional. You can make them any structure you like. So you can have a drawer that has got uh, that's called zero, one, two, three, mm-hmm. four down along, and then inside of that you can have a shoebox that's got the word years on it, and inside oh, indeed. Of that indeed. you have your value, and then you can that... sort through the, you can sort through zero to the end, ignoring what the labels are, and then get at the values if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, but I don't do that either because usually I know exactly what field I, I want to refer to. <laughs> yes, you can make some pretty hairy structures within within Perl, um, but yes, that's for another day, I'm sure. Yeah, but it won't be for me. <laughs> All right, <laughs> because trying to get them working with multi-dimensional arrays and references and references to hash of hashes is it, it gets very hairy very quickly, but. <laughs> I, one thing I didn't know that you could do was just dump an array of hashes like that using this one-liner. Well, that's why I did it. It's 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 referred to as zipping together two two arrays into a into a hash. And I um, think I put put it there just as a demo, really. Is a... do you know what what would be really useful if you wouldn't mind? Uh, and you've done it for some of your code. Is that you're using the Perl terminology mm-hmm. for for what you're doing? Because I find it's very difficult in Perl to figure out what it is the terminology is that they're using to describe a thing. And by the time I figured out what the per- terminology is for the thing that I'm trying to find out, I figured it out anyway because I've read so much stuff. Mm. Then I figure out what the terminology is. Yes. Um, yes, yes. Well, we, we probably need a need we need some show notes to go along with this that, that maybe explains some of this stuff, I guess. Cool. Um Okay. Okay. So, so now you've assigned the sign to a single one, and you've assigned ISO duration to labels and fields. Oh, that's that's really cool. 
Is there any particular reason, do you think, why hashes are just in some random order and not um, not ordered? I think it was more memory efficient or something from what I could read. Yes, I think so, um, because it is a it is a hash table, which is uh, the result of doing some rather rather funky uh, um, uh, mathematical analyses on the on the contents. The whole concept of associative arrays work that way. You can't you can't be sure of the the way in which things come out. Uh, and I think Perl's gone even further with this and has ensured that the the the, the order of labels within a hash are, are always randomised um, between invocations of a of a script because it makes the script less predictable if you're trying to hack it from outside. Oh, but wow. um, yeah, cool. yeah. So um, yes. Okay. So. Moving on. Yep. Go on. Now then we have the print if command as opposed print f command, which is mm-hmm. stolen directly from C, if I'm not mistaken. Indeed. Yes. Yes. And then we would have percent dash seven s colon space percent six s new line quote comma double quote sorry double quote comma double quote sign double quote comma dollar sign mm-hmm. quotation. Tell me what that is. That prints out. In a formatted way, in uh, seven columns, the, the string sign. And the minus seven means left justify it. Otherwise, it would it would be right justified within the seven columns. Um, and then that's followed by a six um, column uh, string, which is um, right justified. Uh, so you so would see. 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 So moment of music. Yeah, come on ahead. Right, we're good. We're good. So you you will the reason for that is because there's a further print f a bit later on that that uses the same format um, for printing out the values that we've fished out of the the duration. And um, so okay. you just want them Do to the line up. Then. So the loop is simply stepping through the two arrays together using indexes into them because they're indexed from zero through to the, the maximum number of elements within them and for each one it prints out the contents of the label and the field so you see year and a number month and a number and so forth now so, the first time you ever looked at something like this you huh? would it, it does look a bit like rocket science so the but it's a standard c uh, for loop actually it is it is yes the the only difference is that dollar hash fields business, which is Perl's way of uh, specifying the length of the thing. But that's not even Perl's originally. That's what Bash does as well for for representing length of things. So oh, I think perfect. that's that comes from from way back when. And the dollar i plus plus thing is is a C thing, and it's it's all through Unix. Okay, so the inside the four, there's uh, two parentheses enclosing three portions of the loop. You have the start, the um, the check to see if it's the end, and the uh, incrementation. The first part is my dollar i equals zero, and it took me ages to figure out why people picked dollar i. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just again that's conventional. It's i and j and k tended to be yeah, the I don't know why. the variables. Just I yeah. think because you see it in mathematical expressions very often, don't you? Okay, yeah. So i equals zero, double semicolon means traditionally in Perl a new line. Is that actually a new line? Semicolon is merely a statement end, so you can put multiple statements on a line. In this structure of the for loop, then uh, it simply separates out the uh, 
the components of the the iterator of the for loop. And it, that's a, a C convention, I think. Okay. Oh, and then the next thing is for i, which starts at zero, is less than or equal to the number of fields. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the first one it's not, and the second one it's not, and then it goes up until six. What is it, six or eight? And then it would be. And then if semicolon, and then i plus plus, meaning each time you do this thing, increment i, because if you don't, i will always remain at zero, and you'll be in this loop forever. Yes. Indeed. Uh, which I've done on more than one occasion. So uh, I wonder when you press Control c does the loop feel pain. <laughs> Anyways, and then we have the printf statement using your uh, percent dollar minus %7s trick. And then yep. labels, square bracket, dollar $i, square bracket, comma, fields, square bracket, dollar $i, square bracket. And that, so each time your labels and your field Chester drawer, on one hand, you're taking out zero, from the labels drawer, and the other hand, you're taking out fields from the uh, fields Chester drawers. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And then we close the for loop. We close the if statement. And the if statement, if you're still with us from three hours ago when you were driving through Cincinnati, um, the, uh, that is the regular expression itself. So if the regular expression succeeded, uh, we've done our thing, which is we've stored them and we've printed them all out. Mm -hmm. And the else would be just simply print invalid duration. And the final line, uh, almost final line, is print a new line. Mm -hmm. And then we have the end of the while loop. That's right. Otherwise, if you had put in one duration space, another duration space, another duration, it will continue happily on. And then yes. at the end, we have exit. And at the very end, you have one of your Vim marker things. It's a mode line. It's it's an instruction to the editor to say, by the way, this is a Perl file, etc., etc. Tab stops, shift width, expand tabs, etc., etc. I won't go into that. Maybe that's for another podcast. Why have you picked tabbing of four instead of two? Like that's the shift width. That that's what you get when you yeah. That's what you get when you press the tab key. That's not the size of a tab. It's merely the the what Vim does to move you the number of columns it uses to 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 uh, skip when you press the, the tab key to line things up. And I've used that because you know it, it used to be the convention that you indented by three, but it's found three to be a nasty three, number. Nasty number. Use four. Yeah, well, it's it's a matter of taste, really. Okay, and one other question is, why do you put your start bra uh, curly bracket on the same line as the statement and not directly underneath it? Again, it's it's convention. It's uh, it's style. It is the recommended style uh, if you go to the, the style gurus of Perl. Um, and if you feed this particular script through Perl Tidy, it will, it will enforce that particular rule. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's convention. You can break away from it if you want to. The the real rule is, if you're writing scripts and you're in a team all writing scripts, then use the same rules throughout. Otherwise, you get into all sorts of difficulties. Perfect. Dave, that has explained things to me that have been bugging me for a while. And stuff you can't actually get in the book because uh, it's, it's conventions and stuff. Okay, yep. with that, I think we should, uh, we're 40 minutes over. So we're an hour and uh, an hour and forty minutes. Oh my god! Uh, we better stop now for the community news, as ever. Uh, so, anything else you want to add? No, that's me. All right. Thank you very much. And remember, folks, uh, we're running fairly low on shows. So if you want, you can record something. Uh, I think, um, yeah, upload it, 
Uh, if you're looking for the information, uh, send an email to admin at hackerpublicradio.org or go on to Oddcast Planet on irc.freenode.net and ask anyone there and they will give you the password for the FTP server. Uh, with that, in, tune in. Thank you very much again, Dave. Uh, thanks very much for doing this and thanks very you're much welcome. for the, um, the instructions on how to be a better Perl programmer. Oh. <laughs> tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Go Public Radio. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HPR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.